0: Welcome to the Upper Bench. This episode is a repost of a panel discussion that we did for Finlandia's Sauna Week, which is held every year. The topic was why Americans compromise on sauna. and On the panel, we had Aero Kilpie, Sam Wacha, myself, Christopher Rice, and also Scott Reisinen. It was a fun discussion, and uh, we hope you enjoy.
1: Today, we are meeting with the Upper Bench Musketeers. Let me start by introducing today's host. He's a friend. At least, he still takes my phone calls. (laughs) He is the president of Finlandia Foundation New York Metropolitan Chapter and an instrumental and active chapter leader within Finlandia Foundation community. He is a sauna enthusiast as we can probably say of many of us. But he has actually taken on an active position to advance proper sauna knowledge. He is the president of the North American Sauna Society, which was established to support authentic sauna bathing here in the United States. Eero Kilpi or should I say Dr. Kilpi, floor is yours.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks, Anne-Marie. And, and uh, obviously, we, the upper bench, the three of us, want to thank you thoroughly, heartfeltly, you know, giving us this chance to talk about saunas and, uh, and the quality of sauna in the, in the United States at this point, or North America in general. So yes, I uh, I am the president of North American Sauna Society. Besides the uh, being the um, uh, running the Finlandia Foundation New York chapter, and uh, just very briefly, I'm going to say, at this introduction part that uh, we established the North American Sounder Society in 2004. And the idea was that that actually our mandate has not changed, but it hasn't gotten too much better either during the years. It, the, we were afraid uh 20 years ago that the, uh that people would not understand what the actual authentic sauna bathing is about and uh, And we are a little bit uh at the... At the there's a, there's a not nice boom going on when it comes to sauna in the u s, particularly right now. Why not also in Canada? But the idea of sound abating, uh, authentic sound abating is still a little bl- blurred. Uh, th- that's how much, how much I'm going to say at this point. Christopher, would you follow?
0: Yes. Um, my name is Christopher Rice and uh, I'm not Finnish, but um, I uh, sometimes go by the nickname Risto. I like that short name of Christopher and um I have the pleasure of being able to speak regularly with um, Arrow and Sam and uh, Scott Reisinen, who just joined us, um, and I just enjoy sauna and geeking out with these guys. Um, my family uh, got into sauna about seven or eight years ago, and uh, we didn't really, we didn't understand the the Finnish expression or that there was really much to it, so it's been a pretty big adventure for us. Sam. Yeah and I'm Sam Watcha, one of the other hosts
3: of the Upper Bench podcast. i um, been enjoying sauna for a number of years and I'm an avid builder, um, designer um, and, and anything and everything sauna. So when I met up with uh, Risto and Aero and, and, and everybody else I've met through these last few years in sauna, um, it's just it's great talking about just the all the differences, but then again, all the similarities that we all share uh, in our love for sauna. Um, so yeah, oh, love it. Love, love talking about it. So uh, happy to be here, but i uh, and then we've, uh, we've brought a special guest with us today. Um, so Christopher, myself and Arrow make up um, the upper bench podcast. And we've asked Scott here to join us today as kind of a little uh, guest panelist, Scott, I'll let you introduce yourself.
4: Hello. Sorry, I'm late. Um, yeah i'm uh i guess uh, lucky enough to enjoy sauna my entire life kind of born into the practice um so i feel pretty lucky about that um as far as uh in addition to that i, I have been working in the sauna industry for let'd say going on twenty years or so um so so been um selling and uh building um and then of course, like I said, using. So happy to be here today and thanks for having me on, guys. And again, sorry I'm a little
2: late. Better late than never. <laughs> that is totally fine. You you know your timing is actually perfect. Um, so before I'm actually I'm gonna tell about about me a little, um, uh, but before I do that, I'm just gonna ask you what guys a question. So why do we actually even want to talk about the quality of sauna like is there something wrong with the quality of sauna in north america what would what would you say
3: Well, I I think that there's a lot of factors, which I'm sure we're going to get into, um, you know, that qualifies what a good sauna is and what a bad sauna is, Um, you know, and there's just so many varieties out there currently, too, that, um, you know, I think a lot of people don't know which way is up. So I, I do think that there is a problem because when people don't know which way is up, that that's that's going to be a problem uh for everybody as a whole so i think we all need to get together and kind of put our heads together and see what we can do about making sauna a little bit more of a everyday household name
0: yeah and um to kind of answer that question cuz kind of the question behind the question is like why not just let everyone enjoy the 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 sauna they know or the sauna they know and of of course, that's, that's how it should be. If you enjoy something, no one should stop you from enjoying that. But there are kind of consequences to what our ideas are of sauna in the United States. Maybe not so much for the people here during sauna week, but for Americans in general. Um, before we discovered like the Finnish practice of sauna, I liked it. Okay. You know, if we were at a hotel, I would want to kind of go in and warm up. That's all I knew. You know, I knew don't put water on the rocks. I knew that much, you know, um, because the signs always said that, but my wife, Julie, she didn't like it. So I would ask her, Hey, do you want to go with me into the sauna? And she would be like, no, I don't, I don't really like that. It's uncomfortable. It's, you know, it wasn't until we got into you know, practicing it the Finnish way and discovering how much there was to it that she discovered she loves it. So that's kind of the consequences of, of if you have a poor expression of it and people don't know any better, there's a
5: lot of people that come to the conclusion that I don't really like that. I don't like to sweat. It's just uncomfortable. I don't like that.
2: Anything you want to add, Scott, there?
5: Uh, Yeah, I guess for
4: for me, I feel, uh, as I said before, pretty fortunate to be able to experience um, good sauna from the beginning. But I I have been exposed to, you know, a number of saunas that I certainly believe could be improved on. Um, And I think some of the um I, I i guess i look at that as a perhaps a challenge for us all is how do we how do we improve that um there are so many many ways to do that um and i think it's a it, it's a tricky uh thing to navigate
5: um i would also add that um it's it, it it's almost as if somebody new to sauna needs to really
4: experience good sauna to, to really understand. Um, I think that's perhaps, you could say that for a lot of things, a a lot of perhaps foods that people have never tried it until you try the real authentic version of something. Oftentimes you don't get it.
5: That's
2: so true. That's so true. So this was only a warm-up, so let's start talking about the, the quality of sauna. And uh, and before we start that, we just want to point out that we were asked to wear our uh, sauna hats, so that's what we are doing right now. Risto is going to put his on, so we are, we are like super fancy right now. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not headed to sauna after this, or right after this, but hopefully soon. Actually, on Thursday, I will. So let me... Uh, let, let's start by me. I'm actually going to start this thing almost exactly the same way as the year before. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them about, about my first experience of sauna in the United States. So it was 1981 when I was 22 years old. I drove across the continent from New York to Los Angeles and up to Portland, Oregon and uh and i was living at a uh, at a rental obviously for the summer and we had a uh, like a townhouse with with a central like uh, swimming pool hot tub and kind of a pool table inside and and there was this thing called sauna and uh and i had been warned before so i was not like totally virgin to american sauna at that point but 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 the the thing like shocked me still, it was a uh, there was a wall-to-wall carpet, something that was definitely not a sauna heater, like a radiator there, and obviously already then in the eight early eighties there was absolutely no water, and and that thing trust uh, trust me would have exploded if you threw some water to it, so it it didn't even invite doing that invite to do that but but anyway so it it, something had been like totally lost in translation something had totally vanished you know in the process because obviously as a finnish person uh uh, i've been in 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 the u.s for 25 years now but but you know i've 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 been sound for more than 60 years and i thought that 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 people would understand what the sound is but that's not the case and we are still with with Many people we are on that uh, road uh, that that people don't understand what and and we will try to cover that today. But but anyway, so ever since that first feeling, I've experienced a lot of. Uh, I would say I I, I don't I'm not going to use the word bad, but I'm going to use the word compromise. sadness. So something is definitely missed, and something is still missing. And and I will talk about that a little more later but anyway so hence uh when we moved to the u.s a little after i was asked to join uh, and 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 as one of the founders of the north american sauna society and 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 we've been trying to bring that uh that finnish style not necessarily finnish per se but the finnish style sauna bathing uh experience to the uh, North American folks. Anyway, so so that that that's how I uh felt and that was my incentive to to uh start working on this field. Uh Risto Christopher you're going to tell us a little about you know your studies what you've learned about this about sound in North America, right?
0: Yeah, and you guys can jump in, you know, anytime right. I get something wrong or, you know. Um but what i've gathered what i've learned in my studies coming from knowing nothing um i didn't even know sauna was from finland to, at the beginning <laughs> where we were coming from um so there's it's kind of like a there's kind of a two stories about sauna in north america the first one is uh from finnish immigrants so you know there was a large immigration of of People from Finland in the late eighteen hundreds early nineteen hundreds, and they um tended to cluster together as most you know a lot of immigrant populations do. They come to a certain area, say, "Hey, here's work, you know um we have some you know people that know your language, people that have you know have your food, we have a sauna here, you know." And they would populate, especially in areas that were kind of like Finland, northern Minnesota, Thunder Bay, the Great Lakes area up in the the upper peninsula of Michigan.
5: And they brought their sauna culture with them. Um, and, um, And that culture
0: kind of stayed in those areas and was passed along to the people that lived near them. And that culture is still alive and well and vibrant. There's some great saunas, you know, on the shores of Superior, up in northern Minnesota. There's, you know, really good expressions of sauna that were nothing like the hotels and gyms I grew up with. Um, and they had not just like the basics, but pretty, you know, it was pretty robust. Um, But then there was a second... Uh, kind of engagement with the idea of, of sauna or sauna that happened in the late 50s, in the early 60s. And I'm going to
5: share my screen real quick to kind of illustrate that. Um, so can you can you guys see that? Not yet soon, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, here we go.
0: So this is um, this first right here. This is from Google, and it's showing the mentions of the word sauna in books in English. So you can see, like the 40s, something starts to happen, and then the late 50s, and then after the 60s, it really starts to take off. Um, and so, you know, by the time you get to the 80s, 90s, 2000, you know, most Americans would understand that word. It's not a foreign word anymore to them. And then this right here is from mentions in newspapers uh, in the United States. And this is, you can see, um, from the 1930s onward. And then the 60s, there's really a large uptick. Um, and so you have lots of advertisements uh, uh, of sound is being sold, that type of thing. And then it starts to kind of uh, taper off. You know, these days, newspapers aren't that common, but it's tapering off even even by the 80s. It's starting to come down a little bit. Um, So, and then this is, uh, um, (laughs) before we started thinking of it as sauna in North America, you might've seen the term vapor bath. That was common or steam bath. They didn't even use the word sauna. And... um, so you go look on Amazon for sauna and what are the best selling items they're remarkably similar to this vapor bath and this is from the late 1800s I think it is 1896 Um so so it became really like well known in in the US after the 60s but not and it started out pretty well um, there's a gentleman named Cecil Ellis on the East Coast selling saunas, one of the early, and then Viking sauna on the, oh, Cecil Ellis was on the East Coast, and Viking sauna was on the West Coast, and this is back in the late 40s. Um, and sauna then was a building outside, it was, um, you're throwing steam, you know, it you have the bathing aspect, they even mentioned using vitas in the sauna but slowly it didn't take too long it starts to in the 60s and 70s it starts to move indoors in the basement you start to lose a lot of the elements and i think that's partially because there wasn't the you know the finnish culture wasn't necessarily guiding that process along it, people would just read about it in the newspapers and it became, it started to become like a status symbol something you might find at a spa or a way to lose weight you know i heard it was healthy. And it just lot, you know, because it didn't come from the cultural, um, connection from those fins up in the UP and in Minnesota and in Thunder Bay and all those areas, it didn't, it wasn't able to, to really flourish. Um, so that by the time we get into the 2000s, like
2: my family has no clue what sound is. Hey, Even Christopher, though- can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. The, um, I, I think we spoke about this before, and, and I, I guess you guys were being kind. But I, I sort of like blame, you know, my own kind of people, because I, you know, some some or most of Finnish people are, are known to be not very good marketers. Yeah. And and I think that there was kind of a, uh, you know, we didn't stand up back in the day. We just like accepted that the, uh, that the sauna as a phenomenon was changing and uh, and and again you know i'm i'm sure that we're going to discuss about this a little more soon but before we do i'm just going to say that uh for the audience that there's this q and a press on the q and a if there's some questions you want to ask us because we can't see you we can't see your hands or or or, or anything else of you so so just type on the q and a and we'll try to answer your questions as we as we go along sorry christopher
0: well, and that's about the end of what I have. Um, I think once it hit the, the the newspapers, well, it was good for, like, you look at the graphs, and that's pretty exciting, and maybe good for sales if you're selling. It kind of was a little bit uh, doomed, I think, at that point. Um, it, it would have been really difficult to stop the momentum that happened once it became a fad.
2: that that's so very true and and again coming back to the start of of north american sauna society that was the influx of in, infrared coming to the country and uh and uh and now what what are your feelings about the the present day uh marketplace how would you say that where where do we stand right now sauna wise scott and sam
3: Well, I think right now we're just, we're seeing a huge influx of new companies hitting the market ever since, you know, the, uh, you know, ever since the pandemic, um, and things have kind of loosened up a little bit, you're seeing a lot of people understanding the, the interest in sauna is, is rising and people are trying to take advantage of that. Um, and if they're doing so without being mindful, uh, you know, it, it can grossly erode the quality of product being out there because you know when when people are working with razor thin margins um you know are they going to worry about proper ventilation or are they going to worry about how how tall the sauna is or or where the bench placement is uh, they just want it to look like an advertisement on something that someone's going to sell um and and that's unfortunate so i think there are still some players in the, in the space that are doing great things. um, And there are some big
5: players in the space um, that could, could improve. Yeah, I agree with uh, what, what Sam says. Um, You know, I, I would add that
4: it it seems that more people um, that maybe don't have a Finnish background are asking really good questions um, more recently than ever before. Um, you know, in, in my period of time of of being involved in selling sauna, you know, going back 20 years and and moving forward, it, there was often this confusion uh, when somebody would call and and have a conversation about the they would use terms like I want a dry sauna or I want a wet sauna. Um, and, and it would require clarification, what they meant by that. And every person it could mean different things. Um, whereas, and, and also going off of what Sam mentioned of, you know, there were only a few players in the game, uh, 20 years ago and only offering so many, um, sound of heater options and then fast forward even 10 years and, and you start to see more players entering the market more, um, Models that maybe had been around in Europe and finland and, and other parts of Europe uh, are starting to make their way into the u s market, which you know certainly uh, you know to me proves that that the growth is there the demand is there but I, I i do also see that you know with that comes um those that you know maybe wanna capitalize on um just kind of the the trend side of it um and, and we certainly always have room
5: for improvement, um, certainly. What would you, I'm curious from from Sam and Scott, especially, and then Arrow too, you hear
0: this, you guys hear this more than I do, but what are people's motivations as they're, you know, looking to buy a sauna? Are there a couple, a few common motivations? Yeah, I, I think right now the the health benefit, Side
3: of the, you know, side of that argument is, is winning. It, I think a lot of people are hearing that there are positives, um, whatever those positives may be, um, you know, they're looking for it and, and trying to bring it home. So um, be it muscle pains or, you know, fibromyalgia or Alzheimer's or heart attacks you know, whatever the um, ailment may be Um, right now, there are a lot of studies and a lot of advertising out there being done that are, that are making some pretty wild claims. Um, It, it, is there a benefit probably is, is it uh, as, Is it the next, you know, cure for everything? Probably not. So um, I think people are excited. you know, in most parts, they're excited about this new thing that they're going to introduce, they think it's going to bring wellness. And, you know, for a lot of them, I think, you know, they're right, it is going to bring a quality of life improvement. And it's going to bring, you know, some enjoyment, um, as well as physical and mental benefits. But um, a lot of people are getting into it with maybe, maybe that's not the best way to go about it. But um, I think going into it, you know, with a great positive, outlook saying hey this is going to help me it isn't the worst place to start but i think it can easily get muddied when you're starting from i'm i'm looking to solve a problem so there's a lot of different ways
5: to solve problems yes
4: yeah i would i would add uh and I agree with sam that health and wellness seems to be the, the the number one reason that that many people are asking or or trending towards sauna. Um, and, and I think it, part of that is, is helped, um, by the studies that are, have come out in, in related, in relation to, uh, you know, the benefits of sauna, the different benefits that have been outlined in, in the different studies. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would agree to some, uh, level that, it can be a slippery slope, depending on how how that side of it is used to market to those that are interested um I certainly don't think it's the only thing um or only reason someone should use sauna um but 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 it certainly is a a wonderful benefit
2: so let's let's start um answering the, well you've answered already some wrote wrote you wrote some answers to those questions that we have here but but let's try to answer our dear friend walker walker angel as asks, asks us that what do we get wrong and uh and uh i i try to i try to start by by answering that that this is kind of you know we we Go circles around the thing that many people do compromises when they when they buy their first sound or maybe their second sound or even third son i don't know but but like how do they know that they're making compromises because it's it's an unfair comparison you know i just I just checked uh and and we are not i'm I'm, I'm bringing obviously uh Finland a lot to this discussion but it's not this is not a finnish phenomenon Finnish people didn't invent invent sound we just kept doing that. That way longer than than you know other people did, and then other people started coming along and started doing it also. But uh, but so back home in that home country, we have 160,000 uh, lakes. If you if you if you count all the ponds also in that equation, so it's very easy to have a very nice sauna by a by a lake, back home. And 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 if you if you if you build yourself say an infrared room to your bedroom, obviously the the experience is a little different than a sauna by a lake and with a fire pit and whatnot and birds singing and uh, and and weather sometimes even back home is beautiful. But anyway, so the point is, and and I want to hear your comments on this, that, that sauna bathing, first of all, it's a process. And I, I say this every time: it's hot, cold, uh, rest, hydrate, repeat. So hot, cold, rest, hydrate, repeat. That's the sound abating process, and it's it has not changed. If I would most of the work I do is pro bono when it comes to North American sun study. If I would get a dollar every time I talk to a person who says that he read this article about or heard about this article about health benefits. And now he's going to, he or she is going to get a sauna where he or she is going to stay 20 minutes inside the hot room once and, you know, once and done, you know, for, for four times a week. So there's a misunderstanding already at the first phase. And then if we want to get a little closer, a, a little deeper, uh, which, uh, we're not going to talk about the sound abating bathing process, but we are talking about the uh, but what's happening inside the hot room. In the hot room, it's uh, and I, I spoke with uh, our also our friend Glenn Auerbach about this. It's heat, steam, and ventilation. Heat, steam, and ventilation make the sound and bathing experience inside the hot room, and we know about the steam part, which is also called the Lulu. You know, it's it's non-existent in in many parts of of, particularly in the U.S.
5: What other questions do we have here? Um, I, I'm seeing a lot of good, um, a lot
3: of good questions actually, and I'm I, I'm going to apologize ahead of time to people out there where we may not get to all of them, um, but there are some great questions being posed here. Um, one that I wanted to just kind of take a shot at here is one by um, Mark. Um, how much of the the compromise do you think is related to societal norms? You know, uh, kind of the example here he's giving is, you know, maybe America's a little bit more reserved with, you know, uh, public nudity, you know, family bathing, things like that. Um, And then he brings up a question about, you know, hotels and insurance fears, you know, about throwing water on the rocks. So I, I think he brings up two really good points. Um, you know, this, you know, the, um, America has has that kind of uh, stigma of being, you know, kind of the reserved, um, you know, we're we're glad to put somebody with a gun in their hand on a billboard, but, you know, God forbid if somebody doesn't, um, you know, show a little skin. So it's, uh, you know, a little bit wishy-washy there, but I think it does bring up a good point because if if let's say America was a hundred percent fine with nudity and, and, you know, no giggling, snurking, you know, and it was just an everyday thing would sauna be more, uh, you know, more accepted. I, I don't know. I, 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 it would be easier. You're taking away, you know, one of the maybe restrictive pieces that people may fear, but I, I, Uh, you're not going to find a a sauna, a public sauna that requires nudity in America either, unless you're at a, maybe like a nudist camp or something like that. So the, this fear that we have that we're going to get naked in front of somebody is, is not around the sauna that's around the individual. So, and, and what you do in your own house with your own personal sauna is between you and the people in it. But I, I do like that he brings up the hotel insurance fear um, because we, you know, anyone who's traveled and seen a public sauna has probably seen the little sign that says don't throw water on the rocks. And I think a lot of that has to have to do with the concerns of being in close proximity to a pool. Nobody wants to put chlorinated water on a sauna rock. Um, there's your liability concerns all day long. Um, but I do see, you know, Um, you know, there, there's, and that kind of adds to the stigma and adds to the perpetuation of, well, you don't put sauna, you don't put, you know, water on sauna rocks, you know, this is a a dry sauna. Um, so people are kind of, they, they don't know any better because no one told them that, well, we don't want chlorine gas in our sauna. It's not that we don't want steam in our sauna.
0: Well, and I think, and I think most, probably most hotel and gym owners are also probably clueless themselves. You know, they're probably not much more, uh, you know, much better informed that, than we were going into that. You know, they probably, yeah, who knows what they think, but it's probably not much different than the standard American. Right, which is yeah. very little. I Yeah, I would add on that, that kind of that realm of
4: the whole, the kind of classic um, or, not very enjoyable hotel sauna in North America. Uh, I'm sure many have experienced, but it's almost as if at some point, some either a group of people or hotels took it upon themselves, hotel owners took it upon themselves to create, you know, kind of their own rules, Um, whether it was a combination of uh, how do we, uh, restrict or make this sound a last longer. Um, let's tell them they can't pour water on the rocks. I'm sure there's many different reasons or, um, some just actually thinking that pouring water on this electric stove is going to be dangerous. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, there are a, a, a lot of, um, uh, kind of, I, I'm trying to think of the best word, kind of these, these different, uh, perhaps building codes and health, um, uh, Department of Health uh, rules, guidelines that sometimes get in the way and make it challenging to do it, uh, to do sauna um, as we believe it should be done, um, or there's more challenges to get it done, Um, you know, a number of uh at least publicly or if we kind of throw hotels and and um gyms uh into that realm uh, many of them have to follow uh building codes and, and rules um that sometimes make it very challenging to make a good sauna be that um you know uh handicap accessibility throwing that factoring that into play um and then uh, sometimes there's just some very strange uh, building codes that maybe come up, um, you know, it, it can be very specific to, you know, I know there's some interesting ones just in the city of New York that actually mention words of sauna that are um, some, somewhat challenging, um, and there's certainly others that I've seen, um, I believe, in the international building code that that reference um, basically portray that this is the only way that you can vent a sauna, um, which kind of goes above and beyond what many uh, long-time sauna heater manufacturers um, put in their installation requirements. So the, I think there's a lot of um, improvement that can be done uh, in, in that regard of, I, th- I think it's, it's very uh, challenging to kind of try to clarify um, and go uh, as a group, I, I I don't I I myself don't know the first step uh, to sort of combat different building codes, but I I think that is an area that maybe we can try to figure out how to navigate. Whether that's coming up with um, sort of these guides, I I forget what they're called. Uh, but Arrow maybe can clarify. Like in Finland, they have these sort of specific guidelines for sauna. If somehow that In itself can be sort of brought to America or North America and and implemented. uh, I think that would be a a tall task, but that's sort of what is in my mind.
2: And, and 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 even, even you know, I, I know that this goes to a lot of people, this goes too deep, but even the UL 875 code, it, it's not, it was not designed by people who really understand sound abating. And, and, uh, and there, there are people like Risto, i.e. Christopher here, who's uh, been involved with trying to change that, and then one day it will change. Uh, just, I'm just going to answer just one question. Nancy's asking, I'm going to, when I use the word sound abating, am I talking about the actual washing in the sauna? The answer is no, I'm just, I don't, I don't have a better word for it, but the sound bathing process, it includes, and I, I did not mention this, but you take a shower, you know, you're supposed to take a shower first before you start sound bathing, or it's, it's, it depends, it's, it's good manners. And, uh, and when it comes to that, what Sam was talking about chlorine, the chlorine in a in a public sauna is exact the same reason why back home in Finland many many saunas actually ask you to go in, into the hot room naked so that you don't bring that chlorine in your swim swim trunks inside the sauna. Well,
0: and this might be one difference between Finland and the U.S. It's my understanding <clears throat> that the Finnish sauna practice in the U.S. is um, maybe a little bit older of a practice, you know, because people immigrated and didn't necessarily change in the same way they did in Finland. So I think still up in the UP, the washroom and the hot room where it's more common for people to wash in the in the hot room. That's
2: common. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah,
0: and I
3: always tell people, especially if they're building an, an outdoor sauna and they maybe haven't thought of it, I say, You should maybe think about putting in a drain, um, because honestly, every sauna I've been in that you could literally put a bucket of water over your head right in the sauna and not have to worry about it has been a fun time.
2: Carter here is asking about from a European standpoint, there are quite a few technical constraints and different regulation concerning security issues, as example that what we have have, have in Europe. And he's asking about the different regulation and constraints are hindering if the constraints are hindering the development of good loan experience in North America. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you want to highlight that a little more? <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I will. I mean, even for those that don't know, one of the one of the biggest differences between uh, you know sauna in in the Europe and sauna here in north america is, is the the temperature is actually capped much lower in the u s than in than in Europe approximately by almost forty degrees um yeah I believe the standard in Europe is right around two hundred and thirty for a maximum temperature where in the u s it's in the low one nineties so, if you're someone who is accustomed to saunaing you know, in 200 Fahrenheit plus, um, you're going to be disappointed uh, when when you come to the U.S.
0: Well, and that's you know that's a really interesting you know 194 maximum. It's depending on like where is your sensor. Yeah. You know, you may your bench may be way below that. So like you know, again, 194 maximum. Um, And I was super curious about that when I learned that because it's such a specific number. It's like, why 194? (laughs) Which which 194 translates to 90 Celsius, which I've learned is like a temperature, like a safety temperature for certain wiring if it doesn't have extra insulation. So my guess is that it came from some sort of component. Electrical code. Well, some sort of, yeah, component, which they, you know, you can just use different wiring or better components to raise that temperature. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. and I mean, and I know some of
3: the different tests and things like that, that the manufacturers have to go through in the U.S., you know, to kind of jump through some hoops. Um, and and some of those tests are pretty rigorous and, and compared to, um, you know, European standards. It's not that. European sauna heaters are unsafe. It's just that I think the U.S. went a little bit far with saying what is safe in the U.S.
2: Now, our dear friend Rob asks a very good question. Can we talk about the issue of edu- ed- educating general contra- contractors who typically have never taken sauna and make mistakes and do shoddy work because they don't understand what they are building? For example, the manuals are not written in a way that explains sauna to an American contractor. They ignore the most basic instructions like the venting details. I guess this is a question for Sam and Scott. <laughs>
3: um scott i'm gonna let you take a swing at this one because <laughs> i i i've already been on the phone with contractors all day explaining this <laughs> yeah um yeah i would say first and
4: foremost uh it seems to be that uh very few contractors like to read manuals to to begin with um that that in itself i think has its own challenges um but you know, I, I certainly believe the manufacturers um could make improvements. Sometimes I think they they may have their hands tied in terms of the manual has to have certain language in it, um and and they maybe can't stray from you know certain things. Um but I'm I'm trying to remember the other part of his question here. Um
5: bear Thank with you. me can you still see it i might yeah have... I, I had to flip over here sorry about that um the uh, i lost my train of thought here so any anything to add sam
4: i i i ha- maybe it'll come back to me here but i apologize
3: no 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 worries i you know, from my from my experiences, you know, I've talked to a lot of, of uh, custom home builders, a lot of general contractors, a lot of remodelers, plumbers, things like that. It, every single one of those guys had never been in a sauna and and was asking me questions that I thought, you know, might be common sense. But again, when, when you've never had any experience with something um, there's no common sense, you know, there. So, you know, as far as, you know, oh, well, you know, insulating the walls and, oh, can I, you know, do we need drywall? Do we need this prepping the space or, you know, if people are building interiors, um, you know, but when people are, are dead set on something, they, they will often just kind of move forward. You know when I try to talk about venting um, or you know creating that that circulation of air in a in a home sauna, um, sometimes I have to kind of educate users on on why that's needed and why that's good, but you know again too, they think well, if the vent is you know here you know aren't isn't steam just going to be pouring out of that vent into my into my room if you know it's an interior. And then trying to kind of talk through, you know, the humidity levels and things like that. But as far as contractors, I, I think what we as an industry need to do is a better job of creating some of those norms and then and then sharing those norms with, you know, the, the industries that we overlap with. Um, you can go to any expo or or trade show in, in almost any industry and get some kind of a certification in it nowadays. I mean, you can go to a national yarn convention and be a certified yarn weaver in, you know, two straight weeks, you know, whatever it is, it's out there. And I think sauna, it's time for sauna to, to get to that level. And I think with the North American sauna society's help, we're, we're building a path to that where if there are resources available for these contractors um, and getting the good word out there, um, hopefully, hopefully these things will be a thing of the past and we can laugh about it.
0: Yeah. We, I, we would benefit like from some, you know, education has been mentioned several times in the Q and Mm a rightly so, you know, not just for the end user, but for contractors, for architects, for gym owners, for hotels, you know, um, some sort of official resource that's informative, you know. That then, like, it's not just me, random person, saying to the gym owner, "Yeah, your your heater was meant to take water. You're doing a disservice to your clients," you know. But something more artfully worded and more detailed would be beneficial, you know, for those different uh, this different people.
4: Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to um, my experience. Uh, is what's pretty heavy on the commercial side for, for some time. And a lot of times, and, and maybe this isn't where Rob was going with his question, but a lot of times the, the contractors, they're just trying to check, check the box. Okay. The sound is done and they're only going to meet the minimum requirements. So perhaps, you know, it, it's a combination of, you know, leaning more on the manufacturers with better details and, um, and, and also maybe leaning heavily on the architects to, to detail and specify uh, more precisely what exactly they're looking for, for the, you know, wh- whether it be the intricacies of the ventilation um, and, and the other parameters. Uh, oftentimes it, when, when you look at a plan uh, for, for say a big commercial project, it's just the square room. They, they really don't even identify where the benches are. Um, And I I would say that oftentimes that contractor, he's just checking the box to say that he got that part of the project, which, you know, is such a small piece to a huge puzzle. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're just trying to check the box to get on to the next thing is my, my guess.
2: I have a I have a theory on that. It, it, the, uh, the, obviously we're talking about the same thing. It's that, that, that the real authentic sauna is not really understood for, for the most part, you know, for most for the most people. And and, uh, and and when you like when you put the uh say a uh steam steam bath, uh infrared room, a hot tub and a sauna on the same level, then you have then you have like four different ways of, uh, of uh, what's the right word, thermotherapy. But now the idea that we have here, which we are trying to prove, which is so difficult, is that sauna, an authentic sauna, can give so much more than these other alternatives. And, and, and so in a way, we've been pushing the sauna down. And uh, and and now let's un- let's answer. Uh, and and we have to we have to try to. Um, you know we are we might be able to go a little over time, but let's try to answer these questions now, if that's okay with you guys. So so Vlad is asking on the topic of wellness. How do you think we can combat a resurgence of the cheap sound advance of the eighties when social media and marketing made it even easier to get away with it?
3: Um. I- I get this question quite a bit and and it's something that I that I definitely discuss and think about quite often. Um, This is something where the the good saunas of the world need to rise up and they need to show themselves, We, we need to not be bashful about traditional sauna. And we need to share those experiences with others as well and share them on social media. So many people over the last couple of years, their first interaction with sauna was on social media and it was probably something that was plugged into a wall and nobody wants, nobody wants that. So it, it's going to be up to us as the stewards uh, of good sauna to continue to share the messaging with, with everyone we can. And, you know, and speak with our wallets. Um, You know, it is tough because the people who are buying, you know, don't know any better and it's going to be our job to educate them. So we can hopefully save them uh, a little bit of
0: money down the road. Well, and it's, it's long-term thinking, you know, as a business, you might be able to sell, you know, something that's called a sauna for $2,000, you might be able to sell a lot, tons of those yeah. versus something that's more expensive. But long-term building, like, a, it's not a solid foundation. Eventually what you're selling is going to end up as a closet or on Craigslist, you know, but if you sell something really good, that thing is eventually going to sell to the friends and neighbor of the person you sold it to if they mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. the whole sauna pro- process and that you ask them, like, what kind of sausage do you eat as part of your sauna experience? They're not looking yeah. at you like you're asking a you know crazy
5: <laughs>
2: question.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: because it, we need to get to a point where it's yeah the, the sauna is common commonplace, and 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 a lot of these issues do clear themselves up. But if we do if we don't kind of put some guardrails around it, it can get off the off the track real fast. So um, yeah, I think us doing our jobs to introduce people and be good stewards. Um, you know, and, and you know, it's okay to interact with stuff that you see out there online too. just, you know, make sure that you're being civil and respectful and polite. And, and you can disagree, you can definitely disagree with anything you've, you've heard today. So, but, but don't be silent either. Um, you know, if you don't vote, you can't complain about who won.
2: I want to add what uh, my friend Arno Minkinen was asking there about or suggesting that there would be a shower room, a picture of a, a Finnish, Finnish lakeside. And uh, I'm, I just want to say that that one one uh, part of business that is driving where we are going are the spas. And, and, and there will be and there are many great spas in the works in North America and, and they will have uh, they will have fantastic uh, scenery, so to speak, and 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 at the court, at least as far as I know, somewhere there is a real Finnish style sauna. Always so, so they do have all the what I was mentioning before: the hot tubs and the infrared rooms and the whatnot. But but at least there's supposed to be somewhere the real deal that you can enjoy also. And then our dear Frank, also my good friend Frank Dawson, is asking. I would be interested in your ideas on frequency and procedure to clean and re- rejuvenate sauna, woodwork, fences, and back. And before I give this ch- chance for you, the guys who actually know what what the answer is, that I it's all boils down to me to, to a drain. So I want to have a drain, and I'm I'm gonna spray the you know hose the room, and and I'm almost done. And then maybe month a month once a month clean it rub it a little better and obviously if it's a if it's a commercial sauna public sauna then it's a different procedure but but that's how I would do it
3: yeah I I tell people you know a a light uh soapy mixture you know a few few drops of dawn dish soap in a bucket of water with a bristle brush um, you know, and, and, go to town and then, and then take up you know, uh, some clean water over that and wipe it down again. You don't want any soap residue or anything like that on your benches, but the less chemicals you can introduce to the hot room, the better. Um, and prevention wow. is always going to be the best, the best case. So, uh, sit on a towel or sit on some kind of a barrier between you and the wood,
5: uh, to preserve the life of that wood. There's a question here that says, "What is your opinion of infrared sauna?"
2: Uh, no, asking us generally. Yeah, I, I would,
0: uh, I'd like to hear
3: Scott's uh, response. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a sauna number one. Um, but uh, I, I think it's y uh, it, I think you have to talk about it um, to some degree, um, because there's plenty of people that believe that is, uh, a sauna, um, or believe that it is better than a sauna. Um, I think, you know, I think that's personal preference. What you think is better, you know, obviously the one you're going to use the most is, is perhaps better. Um, but, uh, it's certainly, um, they're, they're, Many or most seem to be built to to sort of look like a sauna, wood lined, um, but it's it's completely dry and and very low temperature. So um, you know, certainly not a sauna in my book.
2: Yeah, it's, di- it's different. Yeah, it's it's totally different. And and um, and uh, you know, some people say that I hate infrared rooms. I don't hate them, but it's, it's not my cup of tea. And like Scott says, it's a personal preference. And uh and then I'm glad that Mark uh posed a question. Uh he's asking, are there any programs that provide some sort of an ambassador program, folks that teach, demonstrate, instruct those that don't know how to do sound or write? So the North American Sound, sound Society is trying is at the trying phase. We just had our um board meeting on Friday. We are trying to build up a um, a, a totally volunteer volunteer based ambassadorship program around the United States and Canada, and uh, and it it uh, it either is going to fly or it won't. But we're trying to do that because there's a there are so many people who are, who are so past. I mean, so so um, adamant about uh, and um, and 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 eager to 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 put out the good word, so. Um, so uh there are many people like us who wanna who wanna go out there and uh and but like Sam is repeating here so tell telling us that that we have to do it in a uh in a in a constructive way. You know, it's just like yes. Yes. Okay, I I, I don't think that we have time to answer all these questions. They keep coming here. Uh the, uh this is- the-
3: yeah, this has been great. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of great discussion here. You know, there, you know, some of these comments are great. Uh, you know, I, I really am just thrilled that, you know, we're all together here talking about sauna and, and and just and being passionate about it. I think if we just continue this passion forward and, and continue meeting like this. You know, by the time we get the, the 50th reunion of sauna week, hopefully we can laugh at these old videos with our dumb hats. Um <laughs> but I love mine. Uh Slav Ukraini, um love it. So
1: well, I, I think that we can, if you have time, we can go through a couple of other questions. But I, I just want to say that um, first of all, I I love this panel. First of all, Eero, you and I are the the oldest of this panel or this group and I I think it's wonderful to see the next generation picking up on this topic I I think that's huge for us and uh, when we talk about the infrared sauna let's not mention the word sauna in in that context I think in infrared room and our uh, traditional sauna they have a very different function if you ask me I don't know if I'm totally off the topic but that's that's really um, how how I feel about it. And then when you see uh, signs for bad sauna, the bad doesn't mean bad; it means bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's in some foreign language. So it, it, I, I just saw uh, Cap posted something on uh, on on our uh, sauna channel, and it was uh, it said bad sauna, and I'm like, this doesn't mean bad sauna; it means bad.
2: Bad yeah. stuga. <laughs> Yes,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Exactly. But and, uh, I, us here in North America didn't know the difference. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And 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 if you want to find something funny about American sauna, last year Ismo did a skit on sauna. He was sitting there and uh, telling all about the carpeted floors in in uh, his apartment building sauna. I, I think that was really funny. So you can go and take a look at that.
0: Uh Kimo um, has a question here. He says, Are you familiar with the law of Lolu?" Um, and he was wondering about the seven-foot height barrier um, that's used in most cases in the US. Um, and he mentions a seven-foot um threshold for commercial saunas. So we have a few things there. Um the law of Lolu, I believe, is to that you wanna be up in the low in the steam, which is up by the ceiling. And so you wanna be up towards the top and then with your feet above the rocks um, on the stove. And uh, the seven foot barrier for building, I think that's a convention, a pretty common convention in North America. Um, I don't know where it came from. It's just what you find if you Google it. and people hold to that, you know, dearly, but you don't, a sauna doesn't have to be seven foot. It can be taller. Our family, we built a 10 foot tall sauna in our hot room. Um, And then, you know, perhaps Sam and Scott can answer the seven foot height for a commercial sauna. Is there a limit on that? Yeah,
4: I I would guess. uh, I'm only guessing that the kind of that seven foot realm is somewhat tied to, to UL. um, Mm -hmm. UL doesn't, the, the, there the is a maximum, which is not seven feet, um, but seven feet's kind of in the middle of what is often the minimum and the maximum for sauna heaters that are uh, safety listed to UL 875, eight feet being the maximum. Um, and then the minimum size, it's somewhere in the six foot to six and a half, depending on the heater model. Um, So I would guess a lot of that is tied to some of the um, uh, interesting um, safety listing requirements, wherever those came from. I I can only guess, but I'm guessing a lot of it is that seven foot height is tied to that to some degree.
3: And I also think it's loosely tied to uh, shipping and availability of goods. Um, you know, your standard, uh, framing two by four is 96 inches, um, which is eight feet. So it's a heck of a lot easier to cut the ends off of it and have a seven foot board rather than pay a 30 to 40% markup for a board. That's only two feet longer. Um, and, and shipping things that are over eight feet long or eight feet wide, the costs go up dramatically.
5: Well, and... It-
0: and when it, when Sauna moved into the basement, basements tend to have lower ceilings. So if you were a, a Sauna manufacturer, uh, you probably don't want to build a bunch of different sizes. So this is part of where the compromise maybe came in as soon as it came indoors. And then now that you're selling a kit, they're probably shorter kits so that it can fit in a basement as well. Exactly.
4: Exactly. It- Arrow, I guess I'd be curious if you have anything to add from more of the European side. Is there uh maybe not sauna related, but is there sort of a standard height for rooms in, in a typical Finnish home? Um not not related to sauna, but I would that would maybe be another
2: yeah. area. They used to be they used to be higher. They used to be taller back in the day, but now they are now they're making them 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 uh rooms are not that that tall anymore. But it, it when it comes to sauna, I don't actually know. Uh I I believe they tend to be higher than the seven feet sauna, the kind of standard sauna back home the 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 problem is that that uh, they, we were talking about the law of law, law of leulu and, and and that stuff. The problem is that that even back home i think because they try to uh serve the uh the international clientele, you know the benches happen to be sometimes way too low even even in Finland. And it's unbelievable, but we're, we're sort of like taking a step back, even though we should go forward with that sound-abating experience. Uh, go, go ahead.
1: Isn't it a little bit about the height of the, where the stove is and where the rocks yeah. are? Yeah, So that, especially yeah. when you're sitting on a bench, your toes should never be cold.
2: Yes, exa- as, as, Christopher was, <laughs> as Christopher was saying, your feet are supposed to be on the same level where the rocks are.
1: yeah. So. And then on the top bench, you need some sort of a height uh, in terms of when you are sitting there. So I think that's one of the one of the height factors.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I usually, you know, I usually recommend to people to go from the ceiling down instead of the floor up. If you go with, from the floor up, you might end up at seven foot, but if you throw that out, you might end up building a ten foot tall sauna. So and I highly recommend that.
4: I I would also add. Uh, Perhaps ADA uh, requirements come into play as well when you factor in uh, a, a lower bench is required to meet ADA requirements uh, if if it if a sauna needs that and often facilities err on the side that they're not sure so they just provide it um, and that can kind of keep that ceiling height down um, because they have oftentimes more lower benching. And and or if you factor in, you know, I've been in a number of saunas in Finland, where, you know, there's many tiers of benching to to ensure that you are higher up, it becomes or can become difficult in North America if you need to follow or meet certain ADA um, requirements with a turning radius. So all of a sudden that really impacts how many levels of benching you can have based on the space provided. So I would guess that too comes into play, uh, keeping that ceiling height lower for those that maybe aren't able to get to higher benches.
0: Well, and it, and also even if you don't have the ADA, if you shrink the sauna room, there's not much room to get up. You know, Correct. if you have a you have a five by five, that's yep. a lot different than a big cabin outside. So. Yep. I frequently have to talk to people about
3: increasing the size of their sauna because people don't realize what it actually takes to move around and move and and climb up. If, If you're constrained on a three by three box, yes, you can sit inside of a three by three box, but are you comfortable? you know, and, and how, what are you banging into when you're moving around, you know, it more room, the better you can always, you can always, you know, add another layer of bench or, or something like that. But if you don't have the room for it, um, you're stuck with what you got.
2: It's up to Anne-Marie, but I'm just going to ask one question and then you'll decide whether we're going to go on or not. But there's this Petri who's asking or saying, I believe these new electric heaters, pillar heaters, with high volume rocks, the most common temperature is around 150 to 180. Maybe wood fired heaters, the temperature is higher. Do people in North America use too little water water in their saunas? And I'm I'm coming back to what I said before. You know, inside the sauna room, we have the heat, we have the steam. And we have the ventilation and and the steam in this case means the load, what we've been saying. So the answer is absolutely yes. People don't use enough water inside their saunas, but that's kind of a uh, that's that's kind of a smaller problem that we are facing. But that is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And and to speak about the pillar heaters,
3: um I'm a big fan of the some of the new heaters that are coming out to market with a a lot more rock mass. I think that is really improving, you know, that that steam generation and 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 allowing kind of a more ambient air temperature in, in a sauna. Um, I'm a kind of a fan of the exposed rocks. Um, you know, I, I, me personally I use a wood burning stove, but even on my wood stack, you know, I've started to kind of creep the sauna rocks up, you know, the stove pipe, um, more rocks, the better. I, I, I would say if you've got room for more rocks, it, it, they're always welcome because more heated rock mass, more steam, more surface area, I think is just going to add, add to the experience
0: overall. Yeah, and the more that I've gotten into sauna, the more I find myself wanting more steam. And I've seen that also for friends and family. They start out and they, they're they like, oh, I don't like as much steam as you, but now I sauna with them. And it's like, whoa, you know, like.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we, ha- we have st- seven more questions in the queue. Um, let's okay. not add any more questions. Let's go through those. And uh, uh, just for everybody's um, uh, uh so that you are aware. We will be posting uh, this presentation and this discussion in our uh, YouTube channel after the Sauna Week, so you will find it there. And as well as we will uh, put everybody's contact information if they allow, <laughs> yeah. so that uh, people can connect with you, at least uh, for the um, uh, North American Sounder Society for sure. But uh, uh, just let's go through what we have here, and then we co- uh, then we close. We have a Good number of people here still. So nobody has, nobody's bored. Let's put it that way.
3: Great. Great. So Uh, let's go. I I wanted to just pop in. I I like Nate's question. Um, He talks a little bit about, you know, compromising in the topics that we've discussed today. But uh, later on in his question, he asks, um, you know, Risto, you talked about. From 1800s until now, what do you think the most significant events have been in the last recent history um, that have made sauna more familiar to Americans and maybe more familiar to the world?
0: Yeah, I mean the uh, the Olympics, um, but but again, I you know it's really difficult for that to stick. You know, I think you really need it's got to be more one on one. You introduce someone, and it even takes more than one time. You know, when we introduce someone to sauna, we invite them over a few times, and it takes a while for them to really get that to where they get their own sauna. Yeah,
3: and, and I think we, we talked a little bit
0: about the the big influx, you know, after World
3: War II. Um, you know, I, I would point to that as being something in the North American history that really increased our influence in all things European um you know as far as it you know most recent generations but now um you know it'd be, it'd be hard to say what what was the biggest thing you know what came first the chicken or the egg um i think that's like asking what came first the fin or the sauna mm-hmm.
2: yeah. good point good point okay so we go forward uh the uh arno is suggesting a a uh they, because we don't, we actually don't have a magazine that could promote authentic sauna experiences. But but he wants that to be called sauna rocks, and that that's a deal. It's gonna be when it comes, it's gonna be called the sauna rocks. There and there it, is a magazine called Hamam, and I think
0: even though Hamam's not a sauna, I think they do cover a lot of sauna content. Oh okay, I well that's read.
1: the bad sauna. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I guess I would. It it's
4: not. Uh, conducive to most of the American audience but there is a sauna magazine put out by the the Finnish sauna society it's primarily I believe all in Finnish but it would be uh, wonderful to either get an English version or maybe North American sauna society can start their own
3: (laughs) (laughs) there we go
2: yeah thanks a lot yeah (laughs) The,
3: the upper bench periodical
2: Yes, well there you go. That well that's that is the answer. Uh okay, and there's a question for Scott. Any experience uh in taking a prefab sauna and install and modify it to a proper sauna experience, sauna experience. Um I've assembled
4: a number from a variety of brands. Um I have ideas. I've I've not m- made extensive modifications. Um, other than, you know, played a little bit around with, uh, mechanical venting. Um, but it, it, you know, it gets a little bit tricky. Oftentimes the, the vent, uh, inlet and outlet are pre-designated, thus the prefab. So you're kind of stuck with what's there, but, you know, I would, I would guess in my own mind, you could, you know, play around with different sort of ductwork apparatuses and adding mechanical uh, venting and depending on the size it it maybe wouldn't take much uh, at at least to experiment with uh, some of the
5: mechanical venting to bring that that heat level uh, a little bit lower into into the room. Excellent.
2: And then we have only a couple of here anymore. So, so Walker says so the feet feet should be higher. Okay, we take that. And Walker is a specialist. We all know that, or some some of us do know that he knows a lot about sound technicalities. And then Kath is asking: Our sound was built about twenty years ago, and the benches seem to have gotten taller in that time. Hard to get onto. Is this common?
1: That is about getting old. <laughs> I was going to
2: say, are you
3: sure that you didn't get shorter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So That's where we need to start building a sauna where we, and I've actually used a sauna like this before, but where you put the stove down, there, there's a gentleman in New York who built a sauna where the stove, the rocks are at the level of the floor. Yep. So it's, uh, it's you know, more difficult to build, but it makes it a lot easier. You know, you don't have to climb yeah. up so high.
2: Yeah. Okay I, I think i think uh we've covered now the uh the questions and there's this uh this there's, uh, there's there's also the sauna.fi sauna lehti which means sauna magazine there's a link uh their um their um magazines but anyway so on on my behalf uh, or actually i will i will yeah i will thank once again Anne marie thank you thank you so much it's been a pleasure uh we keep doing the upper bench um podcasts and we actually have a couple of lined up and how many have we done so far gentlemen six six or seven six or seven and we are getting a we we have some hundreds of people who are already in and we hope to have thousands more in the future so on my hip behalf thank you so much
1: well that's a good final thought i my my comment at the end is like how to keep the sauna clean take a shower before you go and use the towels on on top of the benches takes you a long way so just practical a practical manner that's a good yeah. point Anyways, uh, thank you, guys. Any other final thoughts, uh, final uh, a pitch that you want to take? Uh,
4: no, just thanks for having me, um,
3: and and thanks for doing Sound a Week. Yes, thank thank you very thanks. much, all that attended. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. Feel free to reach out to us on any of our social media channels. We'd love to connect with you and, and keep the conversation
5: going. Kitos. Ole hyvä.